0: from the KCYX Studio in Palo, California, you are listening to Art Waves, the monthly program dedicated to the creative sector of Mendocino County. I'm your host, Victor Palomino, and this month we feature a conversation with visual artist and musician Mario Wilson, followed by visual artist Sofia Lavrov, and we end with Laura Fogg with the Art Center Ukiah and the Corner Gallery. We begin our program with visual artist and musician mario wilson
1: my name is marjo wilson and i am a fine art painter a local fine art painter here in covalo in mendocino county and a singer songwriter musician
0: well Marjo, thank you so much again for your time tell me uh, a little bit of a uh, where you grew up, where you from, and how did you become uh, an artist?
1: Um, thank you for this interview, by the way. I am from Covalho. I was born and raised, I was actually raised in the mountains north of Covalho for the first three years, and then my eldest brother had to go to school. And so we moved down to the valley, where the school was. And so I grew up here. In Round Valley. So it's very rural. It is a very large portion of the valley's American Indian Reservation. And I grew up on a cattle ranch here, you know, amongst all the just the farms and the, the animals and the roads and the fields and everything. And I have always been drawn. Like I've always been, when I was very young, I was uh, making books with drawings, with yarn, you know, you bind the pages with yarn. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I made lots of books of animals. I made up animals and I drew the animals, And so anyway, I it's just a progression for me to um, grow up and want to go to art school and become an artist. And, and that's what I did. And then I went to art school down in, in LA mm-hmm. at um, College of Design, Pasadena. I guess it's the formal... And then I moved back up here to Covelo, and I've been painting ever since. Uh, the ranch, animals, the life in Covelo, the landscapes, the roads, the rivers. So, so here I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: you still have that uh, landscape of uh, farms and in, in your narration in your visual narration, right? Is that still very much your topic?
1: So I, I kind of have two focuses. Um, I have been painting the ranch animals my whole life. I love the animals as family. I say I was raised by by animals. (laughs) I was raised by cows and dogs, horses. Um, And so just out of sheer love and honor for them and all that I learned from them and just the sheer life and love that I feel from them and with them, I, paint, I will paint them for the rest of my life. Hmm. The last, uh, I don't know, maybe eight years or so, I have been focusing on the river
2: hmm.
1: and painting what I call riverscapes. Actually, since before 2015, because uh, the new Howard Memorial Hospital, and it's not so new anymore, but I call it the new one, because <laughs> there was the old one that was there my whole life, and then, now there's the new one. But they commissioned two a seven-foot-long riverscapes from me, um, in their grand opening, and so those two paintings hang in the along with a lot of my animal um, art in the new hospital halls, hmm. and so yeah. So I've been painting the river, and I get to explore the the abstraction there too. So yeah, I love it.
0: Uh, what kind of medium do you work in?
1: I work in. I love watercolor. Mm -hmm. first love is watercolor but I love painting big and so I just use those acrylics to my best ability to thin them out and and a lot of people go gosh it looks like a giant watercolor but it's on count you know I can't put a six foot painting behind glass you know I can't (laughs) Yeah. and paper is paper so I just kind of out my own layering process with really thin thin layers and and echo that watercolor uh, kind of approach and feel since very early on in art school I just came up with a this kind of style thing that I do uh, with charcoal on paperboard and then I add the paint in watercolor and pastel and and acrylics and it turns into this kind of layered effect, which does need to go typically behind glass. Hmm. I haven't been doing as much lately because it's a ship glass and you know, it's just a bigger equation. Mm -hmm. Um, so I I'm trying to transfer all that same canvas, but today in today's technology, I can do charcoal drawings and get them transferred to canvas, which is so exciting. For me as an artist, hmm. because now I can do these drawings, get them transferred to canvas and then paint on them like I paint on. Them. So there is hope <laughs> uh, for me to do these large pieces and, and get it all on canvas. And I'm just super excited to learn. It's It's been a very long equation for me many years all through covid stuff to learn this online uh printing thing yeah <laughs> but the 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 possibilities are very exciting to me so i'm persevering
0: what do you think are the main challenges for you as an artist living in a rural community it's a small community <laughs> and it doesn't have all the uh things accessible, you know, like art stores or, or places to show your art, what what are, what are your biggest challenges?
1: I, I will say this, living here, there's been something so amazing to live in one place and to paint that place and to be so respected and appreciated by the people. People that you would never think would care about art and, it, and to feel the meaning, like I have little people so many homes and people stop me and and let me know how much those little pieces mean you know pieces of art and it's so rich in life like I feel like it's the real I feel like there's a purpose for art you know for everyone and to experience that is just it keeps here yeah because there is a city girl in me <laughs> that wants to be in the New York scene, in the L.A. scene. I want to be in L.A. I want to be with all that. This is the other side. It's just all of creation and, and artists experimenting and playing off, you know, soaking up all that energy and getting inspired by other artists and getting the feedback. Okay, Covelo used to be really a, quite a thriving little community. For the past, you know, for 15 years, it was like I ran an open mic for 12 mm-hmm. years. It was the, like the music school of our town, standing room only. I mean, it was just like, oh, my God. It, we had a little line around the corner outside of sign-ups, for, <laughs> <laughs> even for me out of town coming to, you know, and then we had all these trimmigrants that came flying in from Europe and it was at the local cafe, which is the Northward Cafe, had great food and had the beer and wine, you know, but it was family friendly and, oh, so anyway, that was this huge art piece, I, I would call it that lasted that long and it was so rich, whole community. And so That was the most wonderful experience. And then having my art and, you know, there was, I showed my art the whole time in the cafe was my rotating gallery. Mm. The owner said, oh my God, you make the big nights here on the, of the month. So have the walls. So it was just a remarkable experience that then in 2020, the, the North Fork cafe was burned down, Mm. including some of my largest pieces of artwork which was like oh it hurt um but anyway that era is over and here we are and I gotta start anew and so I'm like the town is really fractured you know there's not a lot of community left the whole the town is burned down Mm -hmm. so I'm just reaching out to the greater community and I'm like okay (laughs) how can I help recreate some of that amazing um experience in the kind of in the now my town is kind of like okay it's mendocino county (laughs) Mm. that'll be my town (laughs) it's like how is it possible first of all i don't even know but it's like that's in my heart is like how can i help recreate some of that because that was just the best of what life has to offer in my heart in my mind that's me in a nutshell kind mm-hmm.
0: of <laughs> and you want to do more things with other artists you want to create collaborations tell me a little bit about that
1: well i i will say i've been in Willits. Like there, there's a gallery called blue sky gallery and i was i was part of it in it from beginning to their end they closed um suzanne pichetti has been <sighs> amazing the whole time and she represents my me with the art um but anyway, I was with them for seventeen years, so I was very active in Willits. So it wasn't only Covelo. Okay. Um I Was in Willits, not so much in Ukiah, just because there wasn't as much uh, interaction for me. And I think I felt in, in those years. I think there's much more with their their local art center and stuff, and then with music too. It was just a little bit far, you know, the drive is a long drive and everything's. So Willis yeah. was accessible and right there. Mm. So I just wanted to say that. So I wasn't, I haven't been completely isolated in
3: okay.
1: yeah. at all.
0: But like now it's a good time to continue expanding and, and, and looking for more yes. possibilities around the country. Yeah.
1: I will say in having all my art sold so much sold to local people in the county of Mendocino through that blue sky gallery that I, I had, people have been so supportive of, of my work locally and i mean locally mendocino county also in in the state of california like i i i was part of the western cattlemen's association i used to go to invitational shows down in the san luis area and then i went to grand national rodeo art shows in san francisco at the cow palace year year after year and i i went sacramento the horse expo i mean done a lot of things throughout and when when I was a, a student in in college in art school, still I I don't know how how, but I got I got an art rep before I was even graduated, and she was having little shows mm-hmm. <laughs> like so selling my student art, I'm like, wow, that was back in '89, mm-hmm. and so '88 and '87, you know, and like people have have paintings of geese and you know about <laughs> my ranch animals and my I did a lot of freeway overpass kind of road scenes and stuff too. And they're out there hmm. out there in the greater <laughs> state of California.
3: So know,
1: yeah, so and it's it's been a it's been a rich full um, scope, I would say.
0: This is not going to be nothing new for you. It's just like a continuation, another chapter in your in your life as an artist.
1: Yeah, yes, definitely. And I'm I'm excited. I'm super excited to for the first time, I have a vision of of blend of bringing together, I like, I have all this music and I have all this art, mm-hmm. and I'm in the process of archiving, kind of getting all my, as much art as I have um, to digitize and get it uh, formally on a, on a website. So it's a huge equation for me. So <laughs> like, for an artist, I'm not a computer. I didn't grow up on computers, so I'm learning a lot.
0: talk <laughs> so a little bit about you as a musician. How do people recognize you and what kind of music do you play?
1: You know, it's so eclectic um, because I like different styles and I live here amongst the cowboys, the Indians, the reggae, the this, the da, 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 da you know we play with all these people so the music is kind of is a collage so i call it americana ro- country rock my lyrics are very country but my beat is more groove kind of funk groove i'm telling little stories little paintings of the scenes you know i've played this whole time with my husband morden jensen mm-hmm. and he plays bass and i have a trio right now so i have um, a really cool setup so it's very more intimate sound but we can expand big we have a really good friend ross o'brien who is totally into all the uh, percussion sounds you know we can be cool and hip too mm-hmm. <laughs> we can try <laughs> as older folks but um so so yeah so we have this trio i'm hoping to having a traveling show that this is my dream mm-hmm. a traveling show that features my little Americana set of original the painting you know music songs and then also showcase my art like I never you know as I'm playing bring 10 large canvases or or more bring my visual to go with my music that's more than that my my concept and I'm hoping I don't know if it'll work but I'm hoping. I can see it working in my mind mm-hmm. so easily. After all this mic night, open mic night, I, I feel like the mic night mama. And I'm like in the middle of the set, so I can open and do my song. Everybody knows what that's going to be like and gather. And let's gather for whatever, you know, you can use me for a benefit or use me for a private party or how, however event I have this this song structure platform. And then and then it's some art decoration that I want to share it and open the venue so I can invite other artists to be showcased in the middle of my set. And so as I did in Mike Knight, get off the stage or or be with the, the person and let them show showcase and it could be kids, mm-hmm. it could be older people. It doesn't I don't even care what a year old or 83 year old bring your art and let's cheer you on and give you the support with whatever audience I have. <laughs> I want to grow that enthusiasm that I used to feel. We all felt at this point for here in Covalho in and then showcase maybe a couple kids or, or local musicians who are trying to, you know, and let them have the stage in the middle of my set. So no matter where I go, there is a local a mini showcase in the middle of it and that's my dream
0: <laughs> that sounds like a very cool dream and it sounds like for you community and interaction and and and, yeah. and collaborations are very important they are part of your of your work as an artist
1: yes and then at the end like the the night in Covalo, it was always like a six hour event or a seven hour event because it would start at seven or eight depending on the time of year and it would go till 2 a.m. Because what we would do is we would... I, I eventually just went, okay, the formal mic night is two hours. <laughs> and we'll do all formal, you know, two songs each, whatever, all that. And then it just turned into an open jam. Mm-hmm. And then we just... We just all played. And then the people were too shy that to do it in the formal part got up. And, you know, we just kept going. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the. I just want to do this. So I'm going to invite... I just have a vision of inviting musicians in the area who I hear of or whatever and invite them. And so we jam out at the end. It's a free open jam. I mean, it's a, it's not just any, I don't want to just make it any, any, you know, like a carry or something at the bar where you're going to get all sorts of characters like, Oh God. But to have
0: a bit more organized, more curated,
1: the real great players come sit in if they can. Uh-huh. And I, I got to enjoy I enjoyed playing with some really amazing players throughout the years. And so I'm like, hey, let's play. Let's just play. <laughs> so and we do we do that here anyway. We have a studio and we have a Friday night jam and the and and we just play. We just make up we just and it's just uh great. <laughs> did you
0: did you mention the name of your band? You I
1: just name? call it the Marjo Wilson Trio, um, for simplicity. I wanna call it Cat Mama Forever <laughs> <laughs> That mama forever, but my husband said no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the Marjo Wilson trio for for uh, clarity's sake. Okay.
0: Well, Marjo, <laughs> thank you so much, and uh, this is wonderful to learn all this about you. Uh, uh, anything you. else you want to add before we end our conversation?
1: I, I want to say I just signed up formally with the Arts Council um, of Mendocino, and I have a, I have a website that is in, um, I'm, I said, I'm archiving all this work and it's very slow. it is active, but it's slow. It's, um, just Marjo's art, marjjosar com, And anybody could go there, but I just got this little profile on, um, Arts Council. And so if, if anybody wants to look at some, some more art, I'm going to, uh, upload more pieces there as well, just temporarily. So I was really happy to get on there, and it it kind of sh- shows that I i want to do the music and the art together. So mm-hmm. thank you for hearing me.
0: Thank you for sharing this with our listeners, and thank you for all you're doing. And I'll be looking forward for more of your art, and looking forward for all these amazing projects that you have in mind, and hopefully they will come into. Uh, into reality and we'll be yeah. here in our waves uh, maybe we can talk back then when when you have all these projects going on but thank you for for sharing this thank you you are listening to our waves next we'll listen to a new artist starting her journey in the visual arts Sophia Lafrov.
3: name is sophia lavrov and i'm 20 years old i currently attend uc berkeley and i'm an undergraduate um currently in my third year and i'm studying art practice and minoring in art history why did i become an artist oh my gosh i guess it's always been innate to me i've taken i was never the athletic kid i was also i was very entrenched in the arts um so i was very early on in studio classes, um, until I was about like 10 years old. So from like three to 10, I was just exploring the arts and all its capacities huh. very early on. And this and, was um, encouraged
0: by yeah. your family or what's your, yeah. uh, your idea?
3: My, yeah, no, my mom largely pushed for this. Um, I think, well, she, um, used to teach. Um, at a French school, and so she was very much aware of how much influence there was in in your childhood and what you do when you grow up. And um, she's also a photographer, and she really saw that I was interested in drawing, painting, the like, whatever. Um, so she enrolled me in classes, and she really pushed me in these like early years to be in these classes.
0: Mm-hmm. So What kind of a medium do you work first
3: in? In these early classes, I tried everything and then I mean still it's like an experimental time like at Berkeley right now it's so conceptual you can literally do anything like it's so interdisciplinary you can I don't know make installations and video work and performance art it's just kind of like all over the place right now I'm tending towards painting but I was largely still two-dimensional growing up so um, I loved watercolor I still do watercolor like, I have a business right now, a stationary business, where I sell cards and stickers and um, commodify my art. And it's actually sold locally to, like, at the Ukiah Natural Foods Co-op mm. um, in Ukiah um, and other places in Marin County and Sonoma County. And um, – that kind of was like the early inception. That was like my high school experience where I just did watercolor.
0: So that was going to ask. So how old were you when you were doing because you're still really young. You're 20 years old? I
3: am. <laughs> I am. Yeah, I know. So. Um watercolor, I mean, like I said, I've been doing most of this stuff for like as long as I can remember, yeah. but the business aspect I started when I was 15, which like 5 years is like a like a, a quarter of my life which is kind (laughs) of weird um (laughs) and I started to make these little cards in Ukiah and my mom was like you should try selling them and I was like you know that sounds cool and she was also in retail making jewelry so she's very artistically inclined so that kind of propelled me in the very entrepreneurial um, trajectory yeah extremely like model example I love my mom so much (laughs) and at that point I was quote-unquote self-taught, but not really, so I would just kind of explore, um, and even calligraphy, too. I would pair that um, with watercolor.
0: How did people react? How did people
3: react? To- I think they reacted well. They were like, oh, this little kid's, I don't know, being a little entrepreneur, and <laughs> it sold well for me, and now I'm getting older, so I don't think I can play like the I'm super young card anymore. It was, I had to sort of assert myself, too, at a at an early age, to be like, I, I'm legit, this is not necessarily a hobby for me. And now that it's been five years, I'm like, I don't think this is a hobby anymore. I don't think I can say it's a hobby anymore. Yeah. And especially now that I'm in college for it.
0: So tell me a little bit about, about that. Like you, uh, I guess in college, you're still working on kind of like your, your creative process. and But you've been doing this for pretty much all your life. So you, you must have like yes. a, a routine or, or a way of getting ready to be in the studio and, and, and make your art.
3: Like I said, Berkeley is extremely experimental. And so your processes can change. But I think I'm already a little bit set in my ways, but I try to break out of that. Um, But in my practice, outside of my business, I paint in oil, as you've seen with the Big Works show. Mm -hmm. And in preparation, I feel like, I don't know, as artists, we always collect images. I feel like you're constantly being aware of your surroundings and your like, at least for me right now, the work I'm tending towards is like personal life experiences. Cause I went through a lot in going to community college and then transferring to Berkeley um, and then not living at home anymore at 18. And so within like two short years, I experienced a lot. And I was like, how do I even encapsulate this and represent this? And so I was like, Oh, I'll just paint about it. Wow. Why, why not? And so I just source images from my own like photographs or from other people around me. Um, I find it very interesting to me um, because that's what's most grounding is like my immediate surroundings. So community college to, to preface is very much skill oriented. It's very much building on technique, your observational skills. So there's less room for creative imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that there's a complete lack of it, but um here is just like that's like all there is you know and so my preparation i guess just ends up being what do i want to convey and and then physical preparation is like mapping gridding on canvases then toning and then end up painting and i use photo references but i try to challenge myself in terms of how i change things i guess Mm -hmm. like right now i've done a lot of portraiture i'm like i should Maybe try something else, or maybe I should explore that or expand that. Um, it's always about sort of how to challenge myself, even in the art world, hmm. because I do go to Berkeley, and everyone's very smart here and challenging <laughs> themselves in all sorts of ways, so I have to do that in my own artistic way.
0: So tell me a little bit about your uh, portrait series and, and, yeah. and, and the show, uh, the work that you have exhibited at uh, the Medium Gallery.
3: So those are two pieces of like a five to six piece collection and it's still evolving it is a self-portrait series of myself where i'm crying to my phone camera i know that sounds very naive and maybe a little bit like garish i don't know but i felt very i felt these very guttural emotions and i call this series emotional transience Mm. where i was commenting on sort of the fleetingness of my emotions and also the intensity of them and this weird duality of how like they can spike and then disappear instantly. I was like, what if I memorialize them or materialize them into painting? They kind of showcase a facet of myself that's very vulnerable, which not everyone gets to see. And my mom makes fun of me for this a little bit because she thinks it's a projection, but I don't know. I don't think it's less of a projection. It's more of um, just capturing my sort of adolescence. And I was very emo, you could say, in painting this series. I think I had just transitioned and moving to Berkeley from my home, um, where I just lived for a year and a half, so it wasn't even that long, my community college. And there were people that were very close to me that were either out of my life or passing away. So I just felt a lot of grief and loss. And so there was this void that I needed to express. They're in oil. It's oil on canvas. And they're pretty big. They're four feet tall. And I don't know. I went from working really small to like these little card sticker formats to making huge paintings all of a sudden. And I felt invigorated. It was enlightening. It was awesome. And like, I'm really interested in painting big and even bigger. Because hmm. why not?
0: Yeah. How many uh, paintings are in this series?
3: Right now, there are five in the Crying series. And right now I'm transitioning because I think I've I found solace finally in painting all of that it was very cathartic like right now I'm working on a, a portrait right now of still myself and still really zoomed up in sort of the selfie format but it's conveying like when you have when you sleep really good and you had like a really good night and you were too lazy to get ready to go to bed and you just kind of pass out um, not even in a, like a party sense just like you had a good time and you just were really tired yeah. and you wake up and you look crazy your hair is all in different directions you just look really crusty and i was like this is so funny Mm -hmm. and i've taken pictures of myself where i'm like oh gosh like i looked like that this morning that's not good i just find this sort of comedy and sort of that transition and that's kind of where they're evolving right now
0: do you think that for artists of your generation the Mm -hmm. the the cell phone is is a tool that you use for your as as in your practice
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's very telling of this generation. Like, I feel like I'm making very contemporary artwork within my own generation of Gen Z, techie, like, Mm -hmm. explosion of the internet, explosion of social media. And I feel like it's very relatable across the board of, like, if I talk to people my age and they're like, oh, I have all these pictures of myself doing the exact same thing that you're doing. So it feels very connective in a weird way as much as the phone seems very isolating it's a weird way to connect in that sense so to me it's a tool maybe not for others Mm -hmm. but a lot of artists use technological tools now to in their practice
0: and it's the same for social media like i I follow you on instagram and you can see the the work that you're doing so how do you Mm -hmm. this is also a tool to connect with other people to show your progress how do you use it
3: If you want to check out my Instagram, yeah, it's Sophia Lavrov, my full name, Designs. And it was a platform, especially during COVID, where I was very isolated at home. And that was basically my outlet to connect to the broader world. I would make videos of myself painting, drawing, making artwork and stickers and cards, and also making very funny, relatable content, um, just to kind of have some levity in life. (laughs) And a lot of people... I've met through Instagram too that I've given me opportunities or I've given them opportunities. It's just a very nice connecting platform, which I mean has its downfalls, and I'm I'm not discounting that. But for what it's worth, in um, the connective aspect, it's really nice. Mm.
0: I see that too. It's like it's a connection. It's a it's a way to get inspiration. It's a way to get exactly. to know new artists and, and share content. So it's a. But yeah, but it can also be it can consume you <laughs> if you spend too much time. Oh,
3: there. very very, very easily. And so I, I moderate my time. uh, And I try to but you know, everyone kind of ends up getting consumed by it in one way or another, to an extent.
0: And what do you think you're going to do next after the portrait series? You already know?
3: Um, well, I definitely want to expand on that. But I'm also making a line of work, where, like I said, my work right now has been very much grounded in present realities and my own present reality, and commenting on people in my life, whether they're problematic or just commenting on their characters. So I made a a piece last semester. It's very reminiscent of the dogs playing poker, but it was a bunch of animal people that I personally knew. One of them was my grandma who actually passed away last semester. And she had all these male bachelor friends that she would have dinner with on a weekly basis. It was this very interesting dynamic. And I was like, what if I represented these people as how I see them as animals? Mm. And I know that maybe sounds cliche, but it kind of really delves into my perception of them. And I'm really curious to see how I can ascribe animals to characters within my own life as well. And that's another series I'm going to start working on. Mm-hmm. And then another series as well um, is going to be Right now, for some reason, I am involved in the frat culture at Berkeley right now for some people that I know. And so it's such a different reality than my own. I was like, this would make some really cool, weird art. Like the compositions are so interesting and the people are very interesting. And so frat culture, animal people, self-portraits, that's kind of like my interesting like present reality right now
0: sounds like a really interesting body of work I look forward to see it Uh, do you have any ideas what are you going to do when you when you finish school when you graduate
3: yeah well I'm definitely going to apply for a master's for an MFA goodness knows where I'm going to end up in the country on the east or west coast Um, I definitely would love to be a professional artist in terms of getting my work into museums and galleries and receiving grants and residencies. But I also really like the business aspect of my own personal business. So one way or another, I'll either go towards entrepreneur. Well, I mean, it's all entrepreneurial, but um, like opening a storefront, having a studio, getting my work out there, maybe curating within art history. Cause I will have an art history minor or major. Um, and so within one of those lines of direction, definitely art at the forefront of yeah, it all.
0: Many, many possibilities. I forgot to ask, yes. did you, you grew up in Ukiah? Did you grow I up... did not, but Where I lived there up?
3: for like four or five years. Okay. So um, I grew up in Marin County, which isn't too far mm-hmm. off. Um, and then I went to Santa Barbara for a bit and then to Ukiah. My dad moved a lot for job purposes mm-hmm. and so, um, for the bulk of high school i was in ukiah and maybe a, like one semester of mendocino college and then i moved mm.
0: and you mentioned you you have that uh, russian background from your father and, and french from your mother
3: yeah i'm half russian and ukrainian too it's an interesting mix and then half belgian on mm-hmm. my mom's side
0: so does that influence you in your art or in your life's experience
3: in a way Because it's, I don't feel a specific cultural tie necessarily. Like, although I speak French, I didn't necessarily grow up in these cultures. Um, They were kind of secondary because they were sort of extended family kind of showcasing them. Um, But like I said, I moved after Ukiah to Marin County again to live with my grandma who was a Belgian immigrant and moved into the United States like in her forties or thirties. And so that was very interesting. I got like a real like slice of like Belgian social dynamics in our (laughs) house because all the roommates speak French for the most part. And it's this very like social atmosphere, like people are coming in and out of the house constantly. So that specifically has definitely affected what I've been painting Mm -hmm. about and commenting about. Russian, I think, will, too. I'm going to work on archiving both sides of my family a little bit to see sort of this diaspora I have within (laughs) my cultural background.
0: Sounds like an interesting project. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) One last question. Um, Do you have any any advice or anything you will say to a young artist that maybe is listening to this uh, interview and thinking like, yeah, I also want to be an artist. I also want to go to art school. I also want to have a a business in art. What kind of, what kind of advice will you give to them?
3: You're going to have to work really hard. (laughs) I'm not going to say it wasn't easy, but it's more than just the art. It's a lot of business, it's a lot of motivation, you have to be really, really passionate, like you want to have it so bad, and I want it that badly. And you're always looking for opportunities, whether you want to show your work. So I found um, the big works show, someone actually showed it to me, one of the um, contributors of the show was like, you should put your work in the show. And I was like, great. Um, So networking and opportunities is a big one. So really outsourcing and exposing yourself really early on, whatever that may be to whatever you're able to do that's what has helped me a lot
0: but the most important part is that through the work hard you have to work hard for what you want Uh, Sophia, anything else you want to add before we end our conversation
3: Um, you can follow me on instagram if you so want it's Sophia lavrov designs where i post all my latest work and you can follow my stories where i'm giving you like my actual day in the studio or what i'm doing um i also have a website if you want to check that out too it's also sophialavrovdesigns.com, and there you will also see my work, and you can purchase my work as well there, and on Etsy too.
0: Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your experience with our audience, and yeah, I will look forward to seeing more of your work and, and maybe have another convers- conversation in the future. Thank you so much, Sophia. I would love
3: that. I'm I was so honored to be here. Thank you so much, Victor.
0: Next on our Waves, Laura Fogg with the Art Center Yukaya and the Corner Gallery.
2: My name is Laura Fogg and I have two positions. I'm a member of the Corner Gallery, which is a, that's a retail operation in the front of the building and in the back room is Art Center Yukaya which is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to make art available and accessible to the people who live here. And I'm a board member of Art Center Ukiah. So I got my finger in several different pots.
0: The idea of this conversation is is the beginning of the year. I know that a lot of uh, galleries and art institutions are getting ready to start the year with uh, showing the creative sector of Mendocino County. So tell us about uh, what is the Corner Gallery have on the plans for uh, the coming months?
2: The Corner Gallery continues to have about 14 artists who are members. The corner gallery shows are pretty much not open to the public. They're just the gallery members. Each of us has an eight-foot chunk of wall. We do have the front windows that are open for individuals to rent. Coming up in February, it is Spencer Brewer and Esther Siegel, who are well-known assemblage artists. But this time, uh, they're doing something really different. They're not showing their own work. They are showing the results of the very first class they ever taught. It was an Assemblage class taught several months ago Um, in that class where I think she said there were four couples and then some individual people and a mother daughter team. So the work that came out of it was pretty special. Both windows are going to be occupied by the results of that workshop. And then the next month, It's Mary Waters Monroe, who will be up in the front window. She's a well-known watercolor artist. And she, since all of her stuff burned up in the 2017 fire, she's continued to create more and more and more beautiful new watercolors. And she just keeps on taking classes and working on her technique and nailing it. Mm -hmm. And then we always have a wall that's open for a young artist, Last month and this month, it's Solana. She's a 20-year-old Mendocino College student who does stained glass, and her work is absolutely beautiful. And that exhibit changes month to month. So the Art Center in the back of the corner gallery, uh, those shows are usually open to the public. Um, One of our board members, Jackie Lowlich, got this idea to see if she could reach out specifically to artists in the community who are men, and she kind of facetiously and happily entitled the show Men at Work. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, most of the people who answer these calls for art are women, Mm -hmm. not exclusively, but mostly. So Jackie, what she said in the call is, hey, men, we know you're out there. Show us what you've got. This is by invitation, so she has reached out personally to male artists in the Ukiah and Anderson Valley area, and um, 15 people are putting up their stuff, and it's a huge, wide variety. No theme, it's just done by men. Mm -hmm. So there's paintings and photographs, and there's woodwork, and there is assemblage, and there is computer-generated art printed on metal. There's all kinds of stuff. And then in March, we have a theme we've never done before. It's called Birds Winged Messengers. And that one started out, um, I'm a bike rider. I like to go up on the logging roads and have nice little 20 mile adventures up and down hills. And I was riding with a friend, Helen Manasian. She's about my age. I'm 75 and she's in there someplace. So we're huffing and puffing up the road. And you know, the more, the more you climb, the more out of breath you get, and everything starts getting a little heady. So we're having this conversation and it goes to birds because she's a, a very enthusiastic member of the Peregrine Audubon Society here in town. So we're talking about birds and I'm talking about art. And somehow or other we get this idea wouldn't it be fun to do an art show about birds, but we're feeling a little uh, starved for oxygen. So it can't be just birds. We start thinking about all of the, like the ways that birds are harbingers of what's going to happen in the future, mm. messengers from the past, um, like, you know, the canaries, how they were put into the coal mines to, die first and warn the, the miners it was time to get out because there wasn't any air so we just cooked up this idea and the audubon society has sponsored this show which is really wonderful so that makes it much more possible for the art center to keep on doing these things
0: that's such a, a look, beautiful way to find uh, a topic for for a show, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like you are out yeah. there in the oh. outdoors and get inspired by nature.
2: We're trying to keep shows coming that are interesting and new. Like, you know, we find if we keep repeating things, people get tired of it. You know, the artists get tired of it and the public gets tired of it. But if we come up with something new, just something that will pique people's creativity and imagination. Then we get some real life in it and different people come into the gallery. And you know, what we're trying to do more and more is really define the gallery and the art center spaces as first of all, safe, welcoming, exciting, interesting. And you know, we're, where we can have topics from, or you know, that inspire a conversation mm-hmm. from many different points of view, and this bird topic certainly isn't controversial, but it is interesting. And that, that I've reached out to a lot of different artists, and different people are going, "Oh yeah, I've been wanting to do something like that for so long, and I've got this inspiration, and somebody else has got this beautiful." Phoenix they've drawn and somebody else is doing birds and ceramics. And I think it'll be a really nice one.
0: So what are the requirements for uh, the artists to submit their work and what kind of medium are you uh, asking for?
2: Well, for the shows that are open to the public, we almost always encourage anybody who's an artist in Mendocino and Lake County to apply and any medium. Um, because we have pedestals, we can, we can display three-dimensional objects, we can hang things from the ceiling once in a while. We have four walls, so you know, we have quite a bit of um, variety in terms of what we can display. And with the shows that are open to the public, we don't try to impose our ideas on the artist. The exciting thing is to see the response you know, when it's wide open what is this discussion going to be about? How are people going to respond? What are they going to say? So anybody can walk into the gallery. It's on the interesting way. It's on the corner of Church and State in Ukiah. It's 201 South State Street. There's always hard copies of all of the calls for the next six months. And their um, entry forms can be found online, um, cornergalleryukiah.com. They're also on the Arts Council website, and people can just bring their art in and fill out a hard copy of the application when they come in.
0: And is that a deadline?
2: Everything has to be brought in the Tuesday or the Wednesday before the first Friday opening celebration. So that's just ballpark, and all of that is written on each specific call what the dates are. We have another thing going on that I really want to talk about. So we got through March. Now, April, Guy got this bright idea that it would be really interesting to find a way to incorporate more younger artists. And, you know, we don't, we usually, most of the artists who enter their work in the shows are, you know, middle-aged to older. You know, we old people are the ones who have the time to do art. We we talked about the possibilities, and the board into that we all got on got on board with this idea that I would go to the high school art teachers. And there's a, I think there's seven art teachers at Ukiah High School. They have woodworking, you know, counting woodworking and metal shop and clothing construct or fashion design as art. Then there's ceramics and painting and photography and digital and, um, I guess, life drawing, there's quite a number of different art classes being taught there. So the teachers all came to the first meeting that we had to talk about how could we go about having the kids come up with a theme that they would like to address. We felt that if the art center came up with the theme and not, it might not be relevant or interesting to the high school students. So, okay, kids, come up with your theme. So Lex Lazinski who was the photography teacher, worked with a couple of his advanced students and they sent out a flyer to all the art classes and they compiled their results. And I went back to a meeting where this young woman had everything all set up all the results were in bar graph form and we got to see how many people were interested in this and how many people were interested in that for a theme and some of the kids were confused about techniques and themes they thought maybe cubism or you know surrealism would be a good theme and we had to kind of work around you know informing them that you know they could use that technique to address anything hmm. but a lot of the kids were talking about peace or, you know, beautiful places they like to go. Some of them were talking about their anxiety. Some were talking about the, you know, the situation currently in our kind of strife-filled world. Mm -hmm. And we put it all together and realized that the overarching theme could be peace and that that would give people a chance to look at inner peace, you know, world peace, you know, however they wanted to interpret it. The title is Dreams of Peace, Hopes for Our Future. I have gone to talk to the fashion design class to tell them more about how to approach this project. And that class is apparently going to be collaborating with Rose Easterbrook's uh, drawing class. And there may be other collaborations. So... There's going to be lots of interaction between me and the high school art students, and the teachers have all agreed that every one of them will support any students who are interested to work on a project for this show as, as their class work. It's exciting, and, and it's cooperative, and the idea of helping these kids learn that they can use art as a means of communication and they can get this stuff up on the walls in a professional gallery mm-hmm. where it will be shown for a whole month.
0: Sounds like a very uh, exciting project and, and, and something yeah. very, it could change the life of some of these students that showing the work uh, uh, in, a, yeah. in a professional gallery for the first time. It can yeah. just plant the seed for the future artists of Mendocino County.
2: Yes, exactly. And also to make these young people aware that this gallery, it's a forum. It's a place where you can, you can have your say and you can, you can see what other people have to say without conflict. You know, there's room on these walls for everybody's interpretation. Something might have grown already out of this, too. This might end up being a yearly high school art project because I just got a big commission with Big Basin State Park and I was talking to the person who's in charge of their public outreach they're using artists as a, wa- as a way to have this discussion about where will the park go after the CZU fire burned the whole thing down and all of the state parks are really interested in, in working with artists and this guy I was talking to said, Well, you know, what's your nearest state park? And I didn't even know I I get state parks and county parks mixed up, but he looked it up and it's Hindi Woods. Mm -hmm. And the parks have money to bring students to the parks. And we got this bright idea that maybe next year that's what we'll do with the high school students is get a bus and the high school art students who are interested could come and spend part of a day at Hindi Woods with the with the interpreters and the and and then meet you know, me the artist and talk about how you know what what do you see here what's happening? what's important you know what touches you and how might you you know why are parks vital and you know how could we maybe we could come up with a theme and then these students in their multiple art classes would all address that for next year's April project.
0: And there's something that you said in your conversation that I I really like, and it's this idea of creating safe spaces to have uh, conversations yeah. and to engage and, and, and some of the things that are happening, not only in the world, but in, in our county and in our cities and art and galleries, I think are um, really great spaces to engage in these conversations yeah. in a civil manner and, and in a safe space and find yeah. solutions instead of like creating divisions.
2: Absolutely. And that's especially true with the show we have coming up with in June. Since it's Pride Month, we are doing a Pride show. And we the way we put out the call is whatever your experience is, whether you're a person who is LBGTQ plus or not, how do you react? What's your thoughts? Um, how do you see it? So we're already um, putting out information to people and I encourage anybody who has anything to say on that topic to you know consider um, bringing it to us and we this I know this topic can be a difficult one for some people and we absolutely want it to be dealt with with respect and care and consideration and deep thought mm-hmm. it's you know it's important very, very important. So I'm hoping for big things with this. So that's as far as we've thought ahead. It's um, we we The art Center board manages to think about six months ahead for our upcoming shows. And we've got all the calls published through June. And now at our next meeting, we've already realized, okay, <laughs> June is six months away. And uh, pretty soon, July is going to be getting here. So we're going to come up with, um, with with themes for the second half of 2024, which seems ridiculous because 2024 <laughs> just started. But if we don't put out the calls really early, then people don't get enough time to think about them and and create their art. Mm-hmm. So we're we're really trying to stay. You know, completely on top
0: of this. We have to, and it sounds like you are doing a great job. And all these calls sound very interesting, and I'm pretty sure that our listeners um, are going to be excited to either share the information, or if they are artists themselves, they can submit their uh, their work so they can be shown at the Arts Center Ukiah and yeah. the Corner Gallery. Laura Fogg, thank you so much for uh, talking to Our Waves and we'll look forward to uh, go uh, talk again in June and so we can get an update of the, all the activities and calls and, and uh, exhibitions that you have planned for the other half of 2024. Thank you so much, Laura.
2: Okay, thank you. Nos vemos.
0: Thanks for listening to Our Waves. If you missed part of this show, or if you want to listen to our archives, visit our website, kcyx.org. If you are an artist, musician, writer, or any kind of creative person, and want to be in our program, send an email to victor at kcyx.org. My name is Victor Palomino, and I'll be back with Marty Darling the third Thursday of every month for another episode of Our Waves, here in KCYX, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. Hasta la próxima.